and welcome to Japanatron. My name is Dave Pavlina, and Japanatron is a podcast all about life in Japan and Japanese culture. Today's topic is Japanese holidays. And believe it or not, this is the first topic where one of my two listeners、uh, wrote in and made a suggestion.、Uh, he or she said, Hey, how about an episode about Japanese holidays? And I was thinking, Hey, it's a pretty damn good idea. So I'm finally getting around to doing it and、uh, enjoy Japanese holidays. Here we go. A few notes before we begin. I love notes. Because they're like disclaimers and they hopefully curb the internet hate that I receive. <laughs> or they address some points that people are gonna inevitably bring up in comments or something. So, first note is Japan does lots of the Western stuff, of course. This is the global empire we live in. So, when it comes to global Western holidays, like Christmas, for example, I will focus on what I consider specifically Japanese about that holiday.、Uh, Japan will take the Western holiday, the global holiday, and turn it into their own, sort of a, a Japanese version. The specifically Japanese things that they do. These things may exist in other countries. I have no idea. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't studied every country and the way they celebrate these global holidays. So I apologize for that if some of the cultural things actually do overlap with your country, for example. Also, in true Japanatron style, I'm no professor. <laughs> you should totally realize this by now. This is not going to be an academic exploration. It, it never is. I am just going to be a jackhole, as usual. Jackhole is jackass plus asshole. So I'm going to combine those two, as I usually do, in true Japanatron style. Last note before we begin is this is not an exhaustive list.、Uh, some holidays are basically just a day off from work. There's a lot of holidays thrown into the year in Japan that a lot of Japanese people don't even know what, what this thing is for. And in fact, I believe, if I'm correct, the story behind this is after World War II, when General MacArthur was helping with rebuilding Japan, he or some of his staff, I don't know, someone in the rebuilding committee <laughs> decided hey, Japanese people work way too much. And this is dangerous. When you have a society that works this much, they're going to <laughs> aspire to world domination. And so, part of the demilitarization, the disarmament of Japan after the war, is hey, let's give them a lot more holidays. So, we keep them lazy and fat and drunk <laughs> and, and eating and drinking and sleeping a lot. So then, hopefully, they won't start another war. I think that's the story behind all these random other holidays. And in fact, recently, there was another holiday thrown in. I think it was called Yamanohi Mountain Day. And it's just like another day off of work.、Uh, so <laughs> enjoy those. I'm, I'm not really going to be covering those. If you want an exhaustive list, this is not going to be it. All right, let's start with the beginning of the year. Let's start at the very beginning. A very nice place to start.、Uh, beginning of the year is, of course, New Year's. Surprise! It is the biggest holiday of the year. It is basically Christmas of Asia, is New Year's.、Uh, Christmas 
of Japan, I should say, because New Year's in China is different. It's a different day. It's Chinese New Year. Totally different. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there. I love New Year's in Japan, and I especially love New Year's in Tokyo. Shit just shuts down. Everything just shuts down. And it's shocking, really, because when I think of Japan, I think of hardworking, everything's open 24-7, especially Tokyo, right? And things just shut down, and I love it. Tokyo turns into a ghost town. It's creepy. In general, I don't like traveling during peak times. And as you'd expect, New Year's is a peak time. It is the peak time, uh, because it is the biggest holiday of the year. So I personally avoid traveling during New Year's. That's just a theme in my life. (laughs) You're welcome to travel during New Year's and the peak times. Go right ahead. I'm not saying that it's illegal or anything. I just prefer to travel during off-peak times. One of the big things I love, like I said, is I love Tokyo during this time. It It is a ghost town. It's abandoned. I take pictures of Tokyo during this during new year's holidays it's creepy it's so awesome and that's another reason why i don't really want to travel because everyone else is gone they're out of tokyo they're going back to their hometowns and i do not want to be on the trains or the buses or on the highways or anything like that i just want to stay in tokyo and do nothing and drink champagne and that's usually my new year's new year's has a few traditions i'll I'll cover really quickly in japan One is New Year's Eve, right? The 31st. They say you should eat soba. Why? Because the noodles are long, and eating soba on New Year's Eve sort of has this meaning like you're going to have a long life. You're slurping long noodles. (laughs) I love this. This is so Asian. I love it. (laughs) Now, other countries, of course, have have traditions like this, but I just love, I love Japan for, for this. Eat soba on New Year's. Another tradition is they go to the shrine and throw money and pray. Japan in general isn't very religious. However, when New Year's comes around, they do like the whole, let's go to the shrine and do a little prayer or something and throw some money. So it's kind of a big thing. The big major shrines, they have these huge crowds and they'll do the prayer and the throwing the money thing. I'm not really religious, so... Which, which is one of the reasons I like Japan, so I don't really do the religion thing, so I, I can't really tell you much beyond that. <laughs> Throwing money and praying at the shrine. That's about as deep as I'll dig into that tradition. Japan, like I said, Japan is in, in general isn't very religious, but they do do do, do the, the shrine and temple things uh, around New Year's, the New Year's holidays. So, like I said, I don't really do that stuff. Let's move on. That's New Year's. I hope you enjoyed my in-depth discussion of it. Very comprehensive. Next is Coming of Age Day, which is also in January. And this is basically the American equivalent to your 21st birthday. You can drink. It's uh, it's for the Japanese people who are 20, uh, as because age 20 is adulthood in Japan. And it also happens to be the drinking age. Coincidence? I think not. They have these big ceremonies at uh, at arenas and schools and things like that. They have these big ceremonies. The girls dress up in these gorgeous winter kimonos. Stunning. If you're dating a Japanese girl, 
you should ask for the pictures she took on her coming-of-age day. She'll look amazing. (laughs) Not that your girlfriend doesn't look amazing in general, but if you want to see, like, the glamour shots version of some girl you're dating, ask her to show you the coming-of-age day photos. I I guarantee you she'll she'll look stunning. Guys wear western suits, which I love this. Girls are in kimonos, guys are in western suits. I love this blend of east and west, very modern, kind of Japanese. Um, There's almost always several fights (laughs) at these events. I love this. When you have a bunch of 20-year-olds, especially guys... (laughs) Girls don't fight so much. It's the guys, really, that cause trouble. When you have a bunch of 20-year-old guys that now can drink legally, not that they didn't drink before, that they can now drink legally, uh, there will be drunken fights that break out, and the cops always arrest some guys. So on on coming-of-age day, it's always funny to watch the news, because they will cover these events, and then they'll show the cops arresting some, some rowdy guys. Now, I don't understand the mentality of the guys because you're surrounded by stunning women. Absolutely amazing. They're all dressed up in their amazing kimonos, and they look absolutely stunning. I don't know why you would fight with each other. I don't know, maybe they're fighting over the girls. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, but I would... I would uh, this is older me speaking, not 20-year-old. Of course, when I was 20, I'd probably be fighting too or be, be the dumbass getting drunk and being stupid and not and ignoring ignoring the hot girls. Uh, but now older me would be like, you know, if I were 20 again, I'd be hitting on those girls. So that's coming of age day. There's my notes. Uh, it's adulthood. Setsubun. Setsubun in February. Now, traditionally, this is the first day of spring, but this is February, so it's still cold as a motherfucker, because it's like February 3rd, so I don't know what dumbass said, yeah, this is spring all of a sudden, it's February 3rd. I don't know who decided that, so traditionally, first day of spring, I don't know, maybe it was a lot warmer back in the past. (laughs) Uh, I love this, I love this uh, holiday, it's funny, people dress up as demons, And basically, the deal is you scare the shit out of little kids. (laughs) Kids are supposed to throw beans. They yell, Mame, Mame. They throw beans at the demons. And they they also say stuff like, Oni wa soto. Fuku wa uchi. Which is, Out with the demons, in with the happiness. Or good luck. Uh, So they have these events at schools. And at my daughter's kindergarten, they, they've done this, and my daughter always freaks out because she knows Setsubun's coming up, you know, they put signs up or whatever, and, you know, it has, like, a picture of the Oni face, the demon face, and kids freak the fuck out, man. <laughs> and I love this, I love a holiday, I love this, because America probably wouldn't do this because... USA parents, American parents would probably sue the school or something. There'd be some lawsuit, you know? But in Japan, it's perfectly acceptable to have a holiday where the main goal of the holiday is to scare the crap out of kids. <laughs> it, it's it's fun. It's fun because I love scaring the crap out of little kids. It, it <laughs> so you put on the mask and you you know you act all demon-like and then they throw the demon they, they throw the beans at you. 
And it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And, and inevitably, some little kid will cry. And my daughter at this last one was very, very proud of herself. She said, I did not cry, but her classmates did. And uh, when I dropped her off the next day to school, her friend confirmed this. She said, uh, your daughter did not cry. She did not cry yesterday, and I did. I was like, wow, that's very, uh, very mature of you to admit that you cried and my daughter did not. <laughs> so, so she got kind of an ego boost that day on Sets of Boon this year. Previous years, she did cry. <laughs> Moving on, Valentine's Day, and I'm going to bundle this with the other one, White Day. So Valentine's Day is February 14th. Everyone knows Valentine's Day. Uh, everyone meaning Western people. So, uh, and White Day. White Day is a month later, March 14th. And Valentine's Day is interesting. In Japan, girls have to buy or make chocolate for boys, which is kind of reversed, isn't it? In the West, you think you have to buy roses or chocolate or something, a teddy bear or whatever for the girl, right? If you're the guy. The pressure's on the guy to buy something for Valentine's Day, right? The girls aren't really known for buying the chocolate and the roses for the guy. But in Japan, it's reversed. Valentine's Day, the girls are supposed to buy or make chocolate. Making chocolate is a big thing on Valentine's Day for the boys. So, hmm, how did that happen? There's also this concept of giri choko. Giri means, like, obligation. So on Valentine's Day, the women co-workers are supposed to buy chocolate for the boss and maybe co-workers. Male boss, male co-workers. So the, traditionally in Japanese companies, you might see the female co-workers buying their male co-workers, and, or bosses especially, this giri choco, obligation chocolate. And I've heard a conspiracy theory about Valentine's Day and White Day. I heard that Japanese chocolate companies got together and sort of took advantage of Valentine's Day. Said, hey man, there's this holiday from the West called Valentine's Day. And it's sort of associated with flowers and chocolate. Now we're chocolate companies, so we can I think we can milk this, man. And I heard that they got together and they really pushed this. They pushed this whole giddy choco thing and you gotta buy chocolate, you gotta buy chocolate, you gotta buy chocolate on these days. They really, really pushed the chocolate angle. So you'll see that a lot in Japan on Valentine's Day. White Day is a month later, March 14th, and it's basically the reverse. Guys, you have to buy chocolate. And there's the same thing, giddy choco. You have to buy chocolate for your female bosses or coworkers. So, again, conspiracy theory? I don't know. That's what I've heard, that Japanese chocolate companies got together and pushed this on people. So it's an interesting one. I, I try to avoid this one. I don't know. People, my coworkers used to buy me chocolate, and then I didn't buy it for them, and then they sort of gave up on me. So this year was kind of nice, actually. It was the first year no one got me chocolate, and I didn't get anyone chocolate. And that sounds kind of like a dick thing, doesn't it? But I, I really hate this this whole shit with, okay, on this day, everyone's going to buy something useless. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't like to be told what to do. <laughs> I'm an independent man. 
I, I'm just not into that. On this day, everyone must buy chocolate. I, I, I hate that. Let's move on. March. We're now in March. Hina Matsuri. The Doll Festival. This, as you'd expect, is for girls. The Doll Festival. Families bust out this traditional doll set. And it has this Japanese prince and princess and all this stuff. It's like the royal court. It's this whole tiered setup of, of these dolls. And I have a funny story about this. Is my mother-in-law, who is from the countryside in Japan. And I highlight this for a reason. You'll see why. She bought us this insane, crazy, premium Hinamatsuri doll set. This big-ass thing. And when the delivery guy came, it's just box after box after box of this stuff coming in. This is for our daughter when she was like a baby. <laughs> we open this thing up, and it's, it's fucking huge. And I think what happened was she's from the countryside. She has a house. She has a proper house. It's pretty big, as you'd expect. In Tokyo, we do not have a house. We have a box, which is also called an apartment. We live in a box. And there is no room for this ridiculous thing. So we boxed it back up, and it took up most of our trunk room. Our apartment luckily has a trunk room, a storage closet area separate. And we, we stuffed it in there, in the storage facility. And then several years later, I took all those boxes out and I sold everything on Yahoo auctions. And do not tell her I did this. Please don't. <laughs> please, please don't get in touch with my mother-in-law and tell her this. We, we got rid of the thing. It was ridiculous. It, it just, it highlights the incompatibility with, you know, country mouse and city mouse. The country mouse decides to buy city mouse this giant Hinamatsuri doll set that will not fit in their apartment. Like, took up the whole living room. <laughs> so that's Hinamatsuri. It's the doll festival. I don't know much about this other than they bust out these dolls. <laughs> uh, next, early April. This isn't really one specific holiday. It's sort of a season. And I call it the Hanami season. It's when the cherry blossoms bust out. This is the best... This is the best weather in Japan. Is spring. People look at the cherry blossoms, they have these hanami, these cherry blossom viewing parties. And it's basically another reason to eat, drink, and get drunk. People have parties at these big shrines and parks. They lay out these tarps out on the, on the ground, and they have these kind of picnic setups. It's a lot of fun. And if you can join one, I highly recommend it. They are a lot of fun, and it's very, very Japanese. I also like it because guys always get drunk, as is the pattern in the world. And they like wear their tie on their head or something and start climbing the trees and singing songs and being just drunk assholes. But that's really guys all around the world. That's not really anything specific to Japan. So Hanamis, I, I highly recommend those. Those are in, uh, usually starting around early April, so that's going to be coming up soon. Next, moving on, May, Children's Day. This is for boys, even though it's called Children's Day. It's kind of sexist, isn't it? Because it is kind of for boys. Boys make these carp fish streamers, and they hang them outside. That's really the thing I see, I associate with Children's Day. 
And I love this theme because it highlights the fact that Japan fucking loves fish. <laughs> and that is one repeating theme you will notice in Japan is they just, they can't get over the fish. They cannot, they cannot shut up about the fish. It's in their holidays, it's in their culture, and of course it's in their food. They will constantly stuff fish down your throat. It'll be on TV, in the movies, and magazines, everywhere fish is attacking you. It'll be in your dreams. If you ever visit or live in Japan, fish will be infecting your dreams. They love fish. I love this. Carp streamers. I digress. The fish streamer thing. I've also noticed on Children's Day, I think families display these sort of samurai dolls or these helmets, these sort of samurai displays. It's sort of the boys' version of Hida Matsuri. Instead of the prince and princess dolls, they'll bust out this sort of samurai helmet setup. Uh, so some families do that with boys in it. They'll bust out their samurai, samurai get-up thing. So it's I, I guess it's sort of like how in the West we display Christmas trees. They'll, they'll do the the samurai helmet display and the uh, the Hina dolls. Moving on, around the very end of April into May, Children's Day is included in this, is Golden Week. Golden Week, again, is awesome. This is also, this is the best weather in Japan, like I said. This is the peak travel season, and for good reason. It is a string of national holidays, and it is the absolute best weather can be in Japan. And in general, I'm from California, so I grew up way spoiled with the weather. California has awesome weather, pretty much all year long. If yesterday was warm, the next day is probably going to be warm too. That's California weather, and I love it. It's very consistent, and it's also very, very mild. Japan has shitty, gen <laughs> shitty weather in general. It's just dominated. Japan's weather in general is dominated by these super hot, humid summer and the frigid winter. Now, I'm being a big baby... Like I said, I grew up in in Japan. I grew up in California, so I'm really spoiled. I, I I'm sure there are places, there are countries in the world with way shittier weather than Japan, and you're probably screaming at me right now for complaining about this. But hey, give me a break. I'm sorry. I, I'm from California. <laughs> I've been. I, I grew up totally spoiled. I'm really sorry about that. So in general. In, in Japan, when it comes to weather, spring and fall are absolutely awesome, but they are way too short. It's like two weeks each. Spring is like two weeks, and fall is like two weeks. And Golden Week is one of those two weeks of awesome weather. <laughs> so if you can visit, if you can afford to visit Japan around Golden Week, you will, you will be happy because the weather here is awesome. A lot of people visit <laughs> Japan in February, Probably because it's cheap. That is the off-season. That is the crappiest weather ever <laughs> in Japan. But I do see a lot of tourists in February. Probably because they're saving money on the airfare and the hotels. I digress. Golden week. A lot of fun. Just a string of national holidays. Children's Day is one of them. Uh, lots of fun. You get a lot, of, a lot of days off of work. Moving on. Tanabata. This is in July. This is called the Star Festival. I don't know much about this. You can you can Wikipedia if you're really interested in Tanabata. I know of it because my company throws this big Tanabata party every year. And it's sort of a predecessor to Obon. Obon is next on the list. It's in August. It's the big summer festival. 
And basically, it's very similar to Obon. It reminds me a lot of Obon. There's there's eating and drinking, and you do the Obon dancing, and you dress up in your summer kimonos, uh, your yukatas, and uh, there's taiko performances. So it's it's very much like a mini Obon. It's the predecessor to Obon. Why does my company throw a Tanabata party and not an Obon party? Probably because maybe it stands out. It's unique. Because everyone else, all the other companies are going to be doing Obon. So, hey, let's be different. Let's do Tanabata. Ooh, exotic. So maybe that's why they do Tanabata. I don't really know the exact reason. But it reminds me a lot of Obon. So let's move on. Obon, August. Obon Matsuri. I love these. This is one of the holidays that's truly very Japanese. It makes me feel like I'm very much in a foreign country. I'm very much in Japan. It's one of those holidays that I'm like, man, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in Japan. It just feels like summer. It, it feels like summer has arrived. It's very hot and humid. People are wearing the yukatas. They're having these obon matsuris, these festivals. There's fireworks. There's the Japanese dancing around in a circle. There's eating and drinking and games. It's The best way I can explain this to someone who's never experienced it is it's Japan's version of a county fair, like a country fair. Instead of country line dancing, it's the Japanese obon odori. They're dancing around in a circle, and they have these taiko drum performances. They also have these you know, hanabi taikai, these big fireworks festivals. Tokyo has a lot of these, too. The big cities put on a lot of these. I'm sure the smaller cities do, too. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of drinking and just people out on the street enjoying fireworks. It's a great way to meet people, I think. Because, you know, you're drinking, your inhibitions are reduced, and there's just a lot of people having a good time out in one place. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, again, if you can't make it during Golden Week, August is another good choice. It is hot as hell, hot and humid as hell, but... It's kind of fun to experience these. It, it's very, very Japanese, the Obon Matsuri thing. Let's move on. October, we're now in October, Sports Day. I associate Sports Day with these undokai, these Sports Day festivals at schools. My daughter does this, and it's one of those cute things, you know, kids do every year where the, the parents are filming it. And the school does this, you know, your kids are so cute, we're going to make fools out of them. <laughs> we're going to make them do sports, and they, they're so clumsy, and they can't run yet. <laughs> and it's funny, because my daughter is still in kindergarten, and it's technically like a daycare center, so they, they have babies there, too. <laughs> so my daughter did this when she was a baby, and it was kind of funny, because all they really did was just sort of pick the baby up and shake them <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, we're doing sports. You know, it's important to make everyone feel included, so I, I, I admire that. But I, I did think it was funny how they included the babies. It reminds me a little bit of how in America we do school plays. It's just one of those events, those chances, where you bust out the camcorder and you film your little boy or girl, you know, doing this. And Sports Day is one of those days. They have these racing contests, running, or track and field, and all these things. If you're not a parent, it's the best way I can explain it is it's basically this kids making fools of themselves. And it's so cute. It's so adorable. And 
at this point in my life, my daughter's still fairly young, so her sports day festivals are relatively short. However, some of these damn things are like all day long. Like when your son or daughter is in elementary school, you got to wait for that whole thing. I mean, it is an all-day event. And they're kind of evil because what they'll do is they'll have, for example, grade one go. And they'll do event number, you know, letter A, the running event. And then grade two will do the running event. And three and four and five and so on. And then you have to wait for all of them to cycle through, and then they move on to the next event. Hurdles, or the track and field, or something. And then they do grade one, two, three, four, five. So, they don't do... What would make more sense to me would be, okay, parents, grade one is going to go between, you know, noon to 1 p.m., So that's your hour, and we're going to do all the events in that one hour for grade one. Grade two, this is your time slot. And I think the parents would love that. Because you show up, you see your kid do all the events, you get all your filming done, your pictures, your photo ops, and then you can go. It's very time efficient. But no, they don't do it that way. They they make all the parents for the whole school attend the whole thing from start to finish. And you got to see every damn kid do every single event. And what happens is at the very last event, parents will will start getting up and leaving. You know, once they do the very last event and grade one goes, grade one gets the hell out of there. <laughs> so I get the feeling that if they did ever change that, where they gave these sort of time slots to the parents, I think the parents would really appreciate this. And I am not looking forward to this with uh, when my daughter moves on to elementary school. I just want to film her. Because, man, I, as a parent, I don't really care about other people's kids, right? You only care about your own. That's why people without kids don't really give a shit about kids. I mean, people without kids don't really want to go to these events. You know, of course not. So I just want to film my own kid and get the hell out of there. So I don't know. I got to figure something out. <laughs> Set up a tripod, you know, <laughs> and have it film her. I saw this I saw this device. It's a camera with a tripod. And what it does, it's like a robot tripod. It'll actually follow uh, the subject. You put the sensor. So, for example, I could put a sensor on my daughter and the camera will automatically film her. The tripod will rotate and follow her. It's like a robot camera. And I think it was intended for surfers. You know, you could put the you could put the uh, the camera on the beach and then go surfing and it will follow you surfing. So it's kind of a cool device and I was like, "Oh, maybe I should get that." You know, <laughs> I'm already planning for when my daughter's in elementary school of how to how to get out of attending this whole damn thing. So I don't know, hopefully my camera won't get stolen. Japan's a fairly safe country, so hopefully not. (laughs) Let's move on. Halloween. I have a lot to say about Halloween. Of course, this is a Western global holiday. I don't know where it's from. Dia de los Muertos. I don't know. It's big business. Okay. So it makes sense that Halloween has come to Japan. And in fact, over my during my years here in Japan, I have noticed more and more of a Halloween presence in Japan every year. And it makes sense. Japan does this now more and more. 
It's very compatible with Japan's cosplay culture. So you can totally see how Japan would just love this one and latch on to Halloween. Amusement parks like Universal Studios Japan, they're now doing the Halloween haunt thing, which is one thing I really miss about the States. Uh, Knott's Berry Farm in LA. I, I love their Halloween haunt. And they, they haunt the whole park with zombies and stuff. It's such a cool event. It's really hardcore. I don't think Japan, I don't think Japan's amusement parks do it that hardcore yet. Japan in general isn't known for, for being that hardcore, you know, like scaring the living shit out of you. But they, they have started doing it. And unfortunately, I have not attended one of these yet, like the Universal Studios Halloween haunt. Uh, I really should get out there because I'm, I'm a huge fan of these things. I, I'm a big fan of Halloween in general. Trick-or-treating in the neighborhood isn't really done. I've never seen that in Japan. I have heard in some expat communities, neighborhoods where there's lots of foreigners, a big foreigner presence, they might do the, the trick-or-treating in the neighborhood. That's kind of an exception, though, isn't it? I mean, there aren't many expat neighborhoods in Japan. You can find them in Tokyo, you know, maybe near the where all the uh, embassy people live or something like that. But I have never seen or heard of trick-or-treating in the neighborhood. And, you know, sadly for safety reasons, I think this is actually kind of dying out in America too. I, I don't... My parents have told me that they don't get as many trick-or-treaters as they did when I was a kid. So I think this is sort of dying out. I, I think now the theme is to do it... The trend is now to do it with parties or places, you know, community centers or schools, some sort of place where you know that the candy is not going to be injected with poison and razor blades, <laughs> where you can kind of trust... There's a little bit of trust, you know, it's a community center, they're probably not going to stick razor blades in the chocolate. <laughs> you know, you're fairly confident about that. Another thing I've noticed in, in, in Halloween in Japan is shopping malls and things will put on these Halloween parades. And these are pretty funny. I had never seen these in the States, so I, I'm assuming this is one of those Japanese things. The kids dress up in their costumes, and then they put on this parade. And one of them, this shopping mall near my house, they actually had musicians, like a marching band. It was only three instruments or so, but it was like a trumpet and drums and, and stuff. And it was pretty cool, man. They played this really haunting music, and it was live. You know, they did a really good job of it. And all the kids dressed up, and then the the store clerks... As they march through the shopping mall, they'll come out and they'll give them some candy or a coupon for the parents or, you know, something or a balloon, something nice. It, it's kind of cool. It's, it's nice little events that they put on at the shopping malls. It's, it's pretty cute, these little parades. And I was just really impressed with that one with the live band. It was pretty cool, pretty awesome. Um, the other thing I've seen is this huge Halloween party in Shibuya. And this has gotten bigger and bigger every year. A lot of people know Shibuya Crossing, right? It's been in the movies. It's a really famous spot in Tokyo. Really crowded area. And you gotta you gotta understand, Halloween, it is ten times more crowded, more bustling, and crazier. 
And this this party out on the street, I don't know, it's just people showing off their costumes, I think, walking around and, and being drunk and stupid and whatever. It's a lot of fun, I've heard. I've never attended, unfortunately. Is uh, Every year it gets bigger and bigger, and of course when you have a lot of young people, you know, drinking and <laughs> and dressing up and whatever, you know, there's always trouble. So the cops have had to have a larger and larger presence at this Shibuya Halloween party thing uh every year now i'm gonna pause a bit and be a guy for a moment here so sorry sorry to my one female listener (laughs) i hope you don't leave please don't go Ah, i have to be a guy here for a bit the young people in japan when it comes to halloween the costumes are insanely provocative (laughs) now I had, we do this in the U.S. Okay, this is not really a specifically Japanese thing. I see why it happens. I mean, Halloween parties in general are a great single scene. I I'm terrible personally. I am terrible at hitting on girls. I, I get so nervous and so shy. I, I'm such a I'm such a dork. I hate myself when it comes to trying to talk to a girl. I'm really, really bad at, like, the first, very first step, like, walking up to the girl and talking to her. I'm terrible. But I will say this. I have enjoyed success at Halloween parties because I will put a lot of effort into coming up with a very, very creative costume. And Halloween parties are just this great single scene. The guys can be, you know, dorky guys like me can try to just put pour all of our creative efforts, our dorky creative efforts, into this costume. And we go to a Halloween party, you know, when normally we might avoid parties because of the social awkwardness and, and nervousness and how bad we are at parties, like me. But Halloween parties I will go to because I'll pour all of my creative efforts into this costume. And then the girls look amazing. They wear these insanely provocative outfits. The miniest of mini skirts. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's like, you think like, oh, hi, what are you dressed up as? I'm dressed up as Alice in Wonderland. And I'm like, oh my god, yeah, I've never seen Alice like that. It's like a bikini. It's like you're barely wearing anything. And it just sort of has the gingham pattern, you know, the blue and the white whatever. Or, you know, you're Dorothy from, from Wizard of Oz, and you're basically wearing underwear. They are insanely provocative uh, costumes. So if you want some major eye candy, I highly recommend that Halloween party in Shibuya. <laughs> Unfortunately, like I said, I've never actually gone to it, but from what I've seen on TV, it would just make me explode. <laughs> I don't think I could survive it. And anyways, I digress about the Halloween parties, but I do have a funny story about Halloween party. Like I said, I pour all of my creative efforts into my costume. And one year when I was in college, I went to a Halloween party, and I dressed as a priest, which sounds normal enough, right? A normal enough costume. I dressed as a priest. I had, like, the whole sort of missionary... (laughs) I hate the word missionary. You know, the priest missionary robe type of outfit, right? The black robe with the, the priest collar at the top. And what I did is I put a little twist on it. I put, like, a boner underneath the robe. So it looked like a priest with a giant boner poking out. Now, it was it was just basically, it looked like a, a pole in a tent. You know, it was covered. It wasn't like 
and it wasn't really my penis. It was it was just a, a plastic like bone, like a stick that I put under there to make it look like a priest with a with a big boner in his pants. And it was a hit. I went to a Catholic school, and this was one of my friends from high school in college. He was when college he was throwing this Halloween party. And we both went to the same Catholic school, and he saw me, and he's like, oh my god, that costume was amazing. And it was a hit, because I had some girls talking to me, despite, you know, me being terrible at hitting on girls. They were talking to me. They were coming up to me. And in fact, I met this girl, and we became like a couple, a boyfriend-girlfriend. She was, she did not go to Catholic school, but she was Catholic. She like went to, to church on Sundays and all that stuff. So we ended up dating for, for a while, uh, and I attribute that to my creative efforts at the Halloween party. So <laughs> thank, thank you very much. If you are a shy, dorky guy like me, Halloween parties, dude, pour all of your, your creative efforts into that costume, and I think you will enjoy some success. That is why I love Halloween, and especially in Japan. Oh my god, man. If, if not for, for hitting on girls, just for the eye candy alone, wow. Halloween, a lot of fun in Japan, uh, as you'd expect with the cosplay culture and everything. Let's move on. Christmas, we're almost done with a year. Here we go, Christmas. Now, this is not a day off in Japan. It's a Western holiday, so it's not one of the official Japanese bank holidays, of course. It is popular, though. They do the Christmas trees, they do all that stuff. Why do they do this? Money. It's a commercial thing, right? Capitalism. The whole global economy thing. Yes, it Christmas has come to Japan. I'm kind of bummed about that because it would have been nice to live in a country where I could have escaped that stuff. But, alright, fair enough. Japanese thing they do is called illumination. They do these Christmas lights displays. Now, I remember in the States growing up, the thing to do was, you know, you put the Christmas lights up on your house... And then my dad would torture us by driving through the neighborhood really slowly, and we look at the Christmas lights. And I call it torture because we wanted to get home and open our presents. And my parents did this on purpose. They said, this is teaching you patience. And it was just total torture for little kids when I was a kid. So, But in Japan, they don't do the lights on the house thing, especially in Tokyo, because the apartments are shoeboxes. What, what the fuck are you, where the hell are you going to hang the lights? Like, out on your, your veranda? Like, underneath your, uh, you, you hang them off your laundry hanging out there? I don't know. I don't see much of the, the Christmas lights displays, the personal Christmas lights displays on people's houses or apartments in Japan. Maybe out in the countryside they do it? I don't know. I've lived in, in Tokyo long enough now. When I lived in the countryside, I never saw it. But maybe things have changed. Who knows? But they, the commercial districts, shopping districts, will put on these illumination events. Uh, lots of different commercial or um, public areas will put on these illumination events, the Christmas lights. It's very kind of a romantic couple thing to do. And in general, Christmas, uh, especially Christmas Eve, is supposed to be sort of romantic and for couples. Uh, so light displays are the largely commercial with the malls. Another Japanese thing which is interesting is to eat chicken. And again, I hate to bring up the whole conspiracy theory thing, but I've heard I've heard about this one too. They say on Christmas Eve you got to eat chicken, or Christmas you got to eat chicken. Christmas, Christmas Eve, I don't know. Take your pick. I think that I think the reason is p- 
people associate Christmas with turkey. Now, they don't do Thanksgiving really at all in Japan, so they sort of associate, you know, we sort of blend the turkey with Thanksgiving, and Christmas, I think, is sort of associated with turkey, too, in the States. Turkey is just too fucking big in Japan. You, you can't cook this thing. No one has an oven that big to cook this damn thing. You know, they got, like, a little fish oven <laughs> or a microwave. You're not going to fit a turkey in there. So I think KFC, and I've heard this is a, this is a conspiracy theory thing again. I've heard that KFC saw an opportunity here. Turkey's too big for Japan. We make chicken. I think we have an opportunity here. And they brainwashed everyone. They, they poured all this money into this advertising, and they started pushing this thing called Kentucky Christmas. Everybody, make it a Kentucky Christmas. <laughs> you know, oh, so romantic. You know, the girl that I love, the woman in my life, would just love some Kentucky Fried Chicken for Christmas. <laughs> That's really what was on her mind. Make it a Kentucky Christmas. And they have, now they got all these commercials. Everyone's doing the chicken thing. And all these convenience stores are now doing a premium chicken, you know, or you gotta buy your chicken, 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 chicken this, chicken that, for Christmas and Christmas Eve. So, I don't know where this chicken thing came from, but it's here. And like I said, it's also kind of associated with being romantic and for couples. So that's that's really the Japanese things about Christmas that I associate. Do they do the Christmas, you know, presents and all that? little bit, you know, they'll do this, you know, I know some families that do the Santa Claus thing, I haven't really done it with my daughter, and I know you're just screaming at me right now, I don't know, she she knows who Santa-san is, and, you know, all that, but I, I don't, I don't really do much of the, the Santa Claus thing, what I do do is my, my parents, my daughter's grandparents, obviously, they will send her a box of stuff, and I sort of turn that into the Santa Claus, <laughs> It's <laughs> me being a cheap dad. So they'll, they'll send presents from the States, and that'll sort of be the Santa Claus thing, because they'll usually arrive like a day later or something. So anyway, I'll keep those for the, the, the Christmas morning, whatever. Um, okay, that is the year. That is the holidays. Those are the holidays I wanted to cover in this podcast. Uh, to finish up, let's, let's, let's finish this up. Some themes. Okay, some themes I've noticed when it comes to holidays in general, and holidays in Japan. Many holidays, I notice, are basically the same. It just comes down to eating and drinking and getting drunk and being lazy and not working. And that's that's really the definition of the word holiday, is it not? Globally, I think that's what holidays really come down to in general. Yes, some, you know, have a religious overtones to them. Some have some cultural cultural undertones to them and you got to do this and got to do that. Remember dead people and remember living people and people who did this and you got to buy this. But really, I think the definition of holiday when you come down to it is eating, drinking, getting drunk and, you know, spending time with friends and family and basically not working, right? Holiday is the opposite of work. Another theme I've noticed, and I brought this up before, is is telling you what to do. This is a holiday, everybody. You gotta buy this shit. (laughs) I hate this. It's such a conspiracy, man. It's Christmas. You gotta buy everyone you know in life, all of your friends and family, a bunch of useless shit that they don't really want anyways. 
You have to go out and buy stuff on this day. You have to buy chocolate. You got to buy flowers. You got to kiss my ass on this day. This is what you have to do. I hate this. I hate being told what to do. And I rebel against it as much as I can. But you got to admit, there is a level of social culture, of culture, social pressure, cultural pressure that is is sort of forcing you to do these things. You know, your friends and family all bought you presents. Are you going to be the asshole, the Grinch that doesn't get anybody anything? I don't know. I'm thinking maybe I should. <laughs> I'm going to stop buying anybody anything. Because I don't want people to buy me useless shit. I feel bad about that. Why do we all have to buy useless stuff on this day? Anyways, I'm sorry. I digress. I'm, I'm being a big baby and I'm whining again. I would love, like, a Japanatron holiday. Today is Japanatron. Japanatron day. And this day, you have to give me money. Okay? That is the official Japanatron day. And everyone must give me some money. (laughs) That would be awesome. If I could put together a conspiracy where that happens, I would be a very happy and rich man. And I'm sure everyone would love that. You know? But, no, instead it's, like, a bunch of companies and a bunch of, you know businesses and whatever all getting together and, and conspiring to make you buy useless stuff. Oh, uh, if only I could figure that out. So what are you okay, that's it. That's that's the podcast. Uh, let me know what you think. What are your favorites? What are your favorite Japanese holidays? If you live in Japan, if you visited Japan, if you study Japan, uh, what what are your favorites? Uh, write in, let me know, leave comments. I love to hear uh, feedback from you guys as long as it's friendly. I, I can't stand internet hate. I'll just delete that. So please don't hate on me. <laughs> please. Uh, and rate. Leave nice comments. Uh, and and last last but not least, you know, um, I always bring this up. You know, you can follow me. Um, Japanatron.com. That, you, that will take you to the podcast section of my main blog site, which is mondaiji.com. And I've also established... And do not feel obligated to do this. Only if you really, really love the podcast and really love me. Uh, I've set up a donation page, if you're interested, at japanatron.com slash donate. And that'll bring up a donation page. So this would just help, you know, fund the podcast, the web hosting, the equipment, and all that kind of stuff. And encourage me to keep doing this podcast. Uh, so consider a donation. Again, no obligation. Don't don't feel bad. No pressure here. I, I don't want to be a jerk about it. So that's my, my little plug for the day. All right. You have a very good day. I hope you enjoyed this. Toodles.